Bibles, we would like you to turn to uh, two passages of scripture, both familiar passages. The first being Psalms 37 and 25, and the second being Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. So you don't know that as preachers, when uh, she read that during the devotion, that all I do is confirm that this is what I was supposed to talk about today. Uh, when you found uh, both of those places, just say amen. So we can, okay. In Psalms, Psalm 37, 25, you'll find uh, these words here. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. In Isaiah, these are the words that you'll find there beginning with the uh, uh, 28th verse of chapter 40. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. From those passages of scripture, we just came by to give you a reminder this morning. And uh, this message is not for everybody. This is message is for the Christians that have been through, that have endured, that have made it, that have held on, that thought about giving up, that wanted to quit, that quit and came back. And so that you can't look at your neighbor, the subject is simply, he kept me. He kept me. So that means don't worry about what your neighbor on down the aisle is doing. Or don't worry about what you know that uh, somebody else went through. Just worry about today the fact that he kept me. Heavenly Father, we come this morning in the name of Jesus just to say thank you for another day of life, health, and strength. We want to thank you that you allowed all of us to make it here safe and sound. But right now, Father, we just ask that any spirit of resistance you would remove from the place. We ask, Father, that you would not have the people look at me, but look at what 
you have to say to them through me. Let them know, Father, that whether they're saved or unsaved, whether they're young or old, whether they are rich or poor, everyone's testimony in here has to be, he kept me. So, Father, right now, as uh, you remove me from myself and allow your preaching anointing to come down, we just ask that something will be said uplifting and encouraging so that somebody will be able to run on and see what the end's going to be. Let them know today, Father, that Satan is a liar. Everything he threw their way to distract them, to destroy them, to stop them in their track, to make them think that you weren't God, Today, they'll be able to leave here triumphantly and say, he kept me. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, just so we can get on the uh, right page, turn to your neighbor and tell them, he kept me. Now let them know when he kept Tell him he kept me in it. He kept me through it. And he kept me from it. When we look at these passages of scripture, a lot of times, you know, especially when it talks about I have been young, now I'm old, we, you take a reflective Look at your life. And if you've been on this journey anytime, the one constant that you ought to be able to find in your life is that no matter what you've been through, he has not forsaken you. No matter what anybody tries to tell you, he has not forsaken you. And then sometimes when we take a reflective look of being young and old, you think back of some of the things that you've been through and you, and it kind of, you're sad on one hand, but then you're glad on the other. You think about when you was young and you had a six pack, grew to a 40, now it's a kid. You used to be a brick house, but now you're a condominium. But through it all, you can look back. Then you think of some of the things that you did. This going to go way back for some people. Some of these young people don't know now that remember you used to run around and uh, your hair wasn't that long, you'd get a blowout. A blowout. See, them young people don't know about that. They used to put a little straightening comb in your hair to make your hair longer because you wanted to have a big afro because everybody else had a big afro. Or you had an afro. Now you don't have nothing. But no matter, the thing that has been consistent is he kept me. You think about Jerry Curls and... How athletic you used to be. That's what my sons, they used to tease me all the time because this is what I had to do as a, 
father every morning before I went to work because I had three sons. I knew at some point or another I was going to knock one of them head off. Because back then, parents had that philosophy, I bought you in the world, I'll take you out. Anybody have any parents like that? Yeah. Every morning, before I went to work, I did 150 push-ups and 150 sit-ups because when the fight started, I wanted to make sure I won. I wasn't having none of them kids whoop me. And if, if, if we had to go by the standard of what they say is child abuse today, how many of you would have been put in the children's home on Madison Road? Because <laughs> everybody's parent would have been locked up according to today's standards. Just according to today's standards, they'd have been locked. And then the crazy thing about it, most of them was the bombers. I ain't got nothing against the daddies, but the daddies know a lot of them wasn't around trying to help raise them kids. So I guess the mamas wanted to make sure that you knew that they didn't have good sense. So if you tried anything that certain kind of crazy, it was coming out. It wasn't a long view or a summit crazy. It was just a crazy, like, don't you even Think about it. Can you think of some crazy whoopings that you got? I remember one time my mother gave me a whooping, and you know, I, I think I was in the sixth grade, and I decided I wasn't going to cry. She whooping me. I'm going around the little circle. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her like, Mama, please. She huffing and puffing. I'm, in, in my mind, I'm laughing like, Mama, I'm in the sixth grade. That little whooping stuff don't get me no more. And so I thought it was over. She let me go. And I seen her go to the closet. And she grabbed a high heel shoe. Now I'm looking like, okay, mom, I know you're some kind of crazy, but is you really about to hit me with that shoe? And she proceeded to whoop me with the heel of the high heel shoe. So I said, well, even if I'm too big to cry, I better go ahead and cry, because it's good. Like, this chick is crazy. But even through that, I survived it. And in order to be young and then be then made it to get old, some things have had to happen. In that second passage of scripture, it's talking about how even though things should not work where older are able to function better than younger, when you got your trust in God, he will do some things that humanly are not possible. See, that don't even sound right, that, you know, that, that young shall faint, and, you know, they're going to get tired. But you, if you wait on the Lord, you know, he's going to renew your strength. And then, just to back it up, he even put scriptures in there 
to let us know why he's able to do this. In that same chapter of Isaiah, the 40th chapter in the 25th verse, the reason God is able to switch what should be a bad situation where younger should be better than older, but older are better than younger, is because it talks about who God is. And he wanted us to know in uh, Isaiah 40 and 25, to whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? That's mean God said it's, it's nobody like him. So he can do what he want to do, even though, uh, according to us, young people ought to be stronger than old people. But if you're trusting in God, he'll give you some strength where even young people have to look at you and be amazed, not only because you still have so much energy for the Lord, but when they look at and they hear you tell your stories of what he kept you in, what he kept you through, and what he kept you from. In Genesis, the 15th chapter, we find a, an example of God turning what should have been a strange situation for anybody other than God into just a normal event. In Genesis 15 and 6, he said, and Abraham, he's talking about Abraham, and he believed in the Lord, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, you want to talk about a young and old situation that got messed up. Think about that Abraham and Sarah stuff. But see, a lot of times we miss what happened in the 16th chapter. It says, and he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. So now you got Abraham. This old cat had two babies. Not one. We always talking about uh, Isaac, but if his one son was 17, when Isaac was born, do you know that means Abraham had a baby at 83 and 100? So y'all better watch out now. You might think your baby days is over, but God, can, he can do what he want to do. So don't get, too, don't get too set on your ways. And then even when we talk about young and old, I don't want the young people to think that that old means just old because technically you older today than you was yesterday and he done had to keep you also every time you kept doing what your parents done told you not to do and they didn't find out about it he kept you that's something that keep you from stuff every time you left out to go meet that little boy that your mama told you she didn't want you to be with no more? You think she don't know nothing about it? But she just trying to keep from going to jail? He done kept you. He done kept you. So, you know, we don't want you to, you know, want you to just think that uh, being young and getting old means that you have to be in your 50s or your 40s, your 30s. See, sometimes when you think about what he kept you from when you're young, you have to just look at what you done been through. Uh, our family just went through something this summer. Uh, 
My little cousin's daughter was here for a Saturday wedding in August. 21 years old. Picture of health. She went back to Columbus and had a baby the next day. Everybody fussed at her for coming down here being expecting. And two weeks later, she was dead. Had the baby. So for you parents that, you know, think your kids get on your nerves, this girl is never going to see her child. She's never going to see her child walk. 21 years old. So if you're sitting out there and you done had a baby and you survived it, that's some stuff that he kept you from. <laughs> we look for big, dramatic things, but sometimes it's just be the simple things that he does that we just overlook. Then when we go to Joshua, the 14th chapter, verses 10 and 11, we found out again a situation where somebody that was older was talking about how God had kept them in spite of the fact that they had got old. And this is Caleb that they're talking about. And now, behold, the Lord have kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. That's 85. And as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now, here you got an 85-year-old talking about he's as strong as he was when he was in his 40s. Can't nobody do that but God. Then when we look at what all of what Job went through, even though he lost everything, the story does not end on such a terrible Note, because in Job 42, 12a, it says, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. And he didn't just bless him a little bit. In that 16th verse, this is what it says happened. After this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons, his son's sons, even four generations. So that's after he done lost everything. But God came back around, fixed it for him, and he got to see four more generations of loved ones based on the fact that what God could do in Isaiah where he can turn time and make time work in his favor instead of working against you. Then when you go to Psalms, it tells us how long he's going to let us be here. Psalms 90 and 10, the days of our years are three score years and 10. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years, yet is their strength 
and labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So we see again where he'll take what seems like something unimportant and make it important. Now I know you say all of that, that sounds good for those people. But uh, I got a few people here that can testify that he will make you think you're young again. Now, like I said, it's one thing to be talking about and praising God and saying he kept you, but when you're in it, that's the true testimony. Now, I know I'm going to have to fight Tanya, but Tanya, just raise your hand in the back. See, that's what you call when you know he kept you while you're in it. See, the little things that she do, nobody don't notice. But you ever notice when they take up offering and you walk around, she deliberately gets up to walk around because she's just glad to be able to walk. While the rest of the congregation is belly aching about, oh, here we got to walk again and Oh, why they just can't pass the tray. Her praise is to God every time. And then I, I, I tease her sometimes. I said, oh, you were showing off. You even went around there and put your offering in without the walker. And don't be down there on Tuesdays and Thursdays at Reach and Teach. As much as she goes through She's always down there with a smile and always dancing around the sanctuary. Her witness is that he done kept her while she in it. It ain't over with yet. She still, you know, she ain't got no better, you know, she's not any weller, but she is a witness that he has kept me in it. And sometimes God, you know, I, she would never say nothing, you know, but it, sometimes what you do is your witness to God and you don't have to say nothing. But I, I didn't tell Tanya, but I did tell her. Wave your hand back there, Charlene. Charlene has been sick. Well, I ain't going to say sick because she, she ain't considering it sick. But in it, not after he done took it away, she is a witness that he has kept her in it. She jump up and get to singing. She don't care, you know, she don't care if she in tune or out of tune or nothing. She don't care about but she jumps up and she gives him the praise while some of us sitting here and won't even open our mouth. But she opens her mouth 
because she knows he has kept her in it. Not out of it, not after it was over. He has kept her in it, and she don't care if nobody else praise him. She going to praise him for herself. Now, this next part, don't nobody jump up because I ain't trying to get nobody put out at Christmas. Your home might not be the happiest place. You might not be getting treated like you want to, but he done kept you in it. <laughs> you could have easily walked away, but he done kept you in it. In an age where divorce, even in the church, is at record numbers, somebody is still married because God has kept them in it. They done made up their mind that I'm going to stay here no matter what happens because I'm trusting God. And they believe in that even if it don't get no better on this, that maybe that's what uh, when they was talking about that last week when, they was, when the Pharisees was trying to trick him up talking about uh, who you're going to be married to. Maybe some people stand in it because they know when you get in heaven, there ain't going to be nobody giving in marriage. So they say, if I just hold out till the end, everything's going to be all right. Then we got some people that know that he has kept them through it. It was a period there where it seemed like all of our young ladies were going through this cancer stage. Right in the prime of their life, not when they was knocked down. Not when they got old, but right in the prime of their life. And some of these people, you know, it's different when you done grew up with these people and you see them go through. But here's another one. I know me and her all right. Lisa, just wave your hand. He kept her in it. Yeah. Kept her in treatment. Kept her in, you know, when she might have been discouraged and frustrated. Kept her in when she walked around and seen everybody. You know how we do this sometimes, you know, we don't really mean it and we can't really question God, but we wonder how some of the rottenest jokers in the world don't nothing ever happen to them. Long as I've been in the church, Lisa been in the church. She get up and sing, she get up and shout, and sometimes uh, people might be wanting to say there only be nothing, probably ain't nothing to even be shouting about. It might be, but it's something to shout about to her because she knows that he done kept her through it. He done kept her through it. Now we want to talk about the kept you from it. This is for the Christians that really know that they ain't always done what they were supposed to do. Ain't always been where they were supposed to be. Ain't always said howdy, howdy. And every day wasn't sunny. 
I think back of myself, you know, when he was young, you don't think about something, you know, we, everything I did wrong, I did while I was a member of the church. Well, I ain't going to say a member of the church, because I didn't join until I was 17, so I guess I can use that excuse. But I knew what was right and wrong, and some of the stuff that we do, we don't think that it's God keeping us from it. We look back and think we got by. And I, I think back to some uh, stuff I used to do. You know, I didn't even, you know, I wouldn't actually go and do what some of my friends was doing, but I would let them use my car to get what they done got. Well, I ain't going to tell them like get what they done stole. I said, well, here, come get the car. I don't care. You know, just, you know, throw me some money. Throw me a few dollars out when you sell it. At that time, not thinking that it is a law on the books that says, you can be an accessory. <laughs> and even as the law that says, you know, you can get sent to jail for receiving stolen goods. So now if they got stopped in my car with the stolen goods in there, I wasn't thinking about, I could get in no trouble. I'm just trying to be all right with my boys. But those are some of the things that he has kept us from. Now, this other's a little touchy. Somebody going to say he all, uh, he, all, he all of order. But a few years back, uh, David, uh, he preached and he was talking about uh, being in the clinic and getting a checkup and not having AIDS. And everybody in the church, oh, 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 that, that's so shameful. But if you of age, well, you done done what people do <laughs> to get to HIV, <laughs> and you don't have it, he done kept you from it. <laughs> See, a lot of times the word is preached, and we just let it go of our head because we think it don't apply to us. But when you look, Everything that he sent out, it applied to you some kind of way. Instead of everybody being harping on the fact that, you know, he was talking about some homosexual stuff, they should have been talking about the fact that if you are of age and you've been doing what people do to get AIDS and you don't have it, God kept you from it. You're not that lucky. Then we want to, we want to down all the young ladies that have these babies and everything. And you know why some of us might not have no babies? God kept you from that because he knew you wasn't no mother type. <laughs> it takes a special kind of person to be a mother. And you can tell the difference just between mothers and fathers. Because some of the stuff that my kids' mother do for them, they already know I ain't going to do it. <laughs> they not coming to my house and stay. I don't care what happened. <laughs> I mean, they could fall out with their wives, their girlfriends, or whatever, but when they call me, my words to them are, you need to fix that, son. <laughs> whatever you did, go back and tell her you're sorry. If you got to cry, <laughs> cry, 
I can't take them back old school and tell them that one song, don't be too proud to beg. <laughs> but whatever you got to do, you need to do it because you're not coming over here with me. I love you, but that's just it's a difference in a father's love and a mother's love. Now, the mama, she'll let you get away with almost. <laughs> oh, come on, baby. I know you're doing the best you can. You my baby. 40, 50, 30, 20 years old. And daddies be talking about, get away from me with that foolishness. I'm not trying to hear. I love you. But I love you over there where you at. And I love me over here where I'm at. And then my sons, they get mad at me all the time. They say, oh, daddy, you ain't right. You don't love us. I said, no, nah, I didn't say I didn't love y'all. I said, I don't love y'all like them girls love y'all. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I don't love you like they love you. Uh, they got a kind of crazy, stupid love as far as I'm concerned. But daddy don't love you like that. I mean, I love you. I want the best for you. I want to see you do well. But I want to see you do well on your own without my money, without my help. Without getting on my nerves. But, you know, that's just the difference between mamas and daddies. And they usually make it. They'll make it eventually. You know, they'll, they'll survive. It ain't the end of the world. Ain't that I'm all the ones I told I wasn't doing nothing for them. It ain't, they, they still figured out how to get it done. But that is all of our testimony. See, he has, he might have kept you from one thing that I never would think about getting involved in in the first place. But then I got what I do. Ain't no way in the world you would even think about trying some of the stuff. You, you just, I mean, when you look back and see some of the stupid stuff and you just be thinking about, I, I remember I had a, I mean, I had a good job. And they used to tell us in every other, every other month, they would tell us, okay, you're supposed to be working. Eat breakfast before you come. Go to the job. Don't stop and get nothing to eat. The first stop every morning after I left 4747 was to get me something to eat. I wasn't thinking about what they was talking about. I mean, not even thinking that, you know, whatever you was eating, it ain't worth losing your job. But at that time, you know, you wasn't thinking about that. But you just went ahead and did it. And then on payday, there should be so much that went on in that waterworks basement. And I used to sit there sometime, and I'd be like, wow. You know, you don't think about that after it's over. We start out, they playing tonk. Then the tonk people get mad, and they, they run the tonk people out, and they want to play poker. Then somebody say, go get some beer. I'm looking at them like, we is on the job, ain't we? <laughs> then the next thing you know, beer ain't good enough for them. Somebody go to the liquor store. Then you get to sniffing, and I, I'm like, these fools are lit up some weed on the job. 
Then you hear two guys arguing, they over there, and then you look, they throwing dice against the wall of the basement of the church, of, a, of the job. And I was like, hmm. I said, how am I going to explain this to people? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm going to explain this to people that I lost my job down there with these people doing what they doing. He kept me from it. He kept me from it. I mean, it could have been worked out because, I mean, there's been times when the guard done come down there and told us get off the premises and they done told him where to go, who to see when he get there. If he come back down there, he come down there, money piled up this high on the table. He, he like, uh, look, you better go on up there. What you doing? Well, he wasn't a real, well, they say it was a rent a cop because he was, he was just a security guard. So then he just said, he said, well, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I ain't arguing with y'all no more. He said, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to take y'all picture, and I'm going to give it to the people in the office. Let them deal with y'all. But, I mean, these are things that, you know, we go through. We look back, and we see at the time we did not recognize what he was keeping us from. I know at some point or another, y'all done went out and partied a little way too hard. To this day, you don't know how you got home. But you woke up that morning and you was there. Safe and sound. And then he didn't just keep you from it then. He, he, that wasn't the last time. The next time you went out, you still don't know how you made it home, but you kept on doing it. But these are, you know, these are just everyday situations that happen in our lives that we just think that it has to, that you have to make it home. Every day on the news, just about somebody is in a car wreck. Every day uh, on the news, it seems like somebody in the safety of their own home, something happens to them. You can't go nowhere and be safe. But he has kept me. Even some things that you done promised him over and over again that if you get me out this time, I'm, sometimes we even, we even go as far as say, I swear, God, I'm not going to do that no more. But just as soon as you do it, he's right there, and he done kept you. He done kept you from it. Even our children, they might not recognize it now, but, you know, they think they're getting by. They think they're fooling somebody. They think they're so slick. They think that they this. They think they, they have to understand that their testimony has to be, he kept me. See, kids don't look at stuff as we look, on, look at stuff. Just like when I come in today, somebody asked me, uh, a couple weeks ago, it was uh, it was an incident on the news. Guy was running from the police. He got in a chase. The car, he wrecked the car. Uh, they snatched him out the car. And they said, Ryan Brown. I got a son named Brian. My phone lit up. 
First, my daddy called me. Oh, Mike told me your boy done got in trouble again. I said, Daddy, this time it wasn't him. <laughs> they said, Ryan Brown. It wasn't Brian, it was Ryan. Uh, even my son, he said, one of his friends called him early in the morning. Like, B, B, is you all right? You all right? And you know, my son, at once, he's real, real jealous. He say, uh, you know, he like, yeah, my man called me all early in the morning. What's he doing calling my house if he thought I was locked up? <laughs> now, if he thought he seen me on the news, thought I went to jail, he know I ain't got out that early. So why is he calling my house? But, I mean, that's the, you know, but, and that's the way, you know, people thought, you know, they, they, and the reason you have to think like that is ain't no need of us acting like our kids is, are no saints. Because my boys tell me all the time, I don't care, Daddy, I'm running. So when you see a chase, <laughs> oh, Lord, you got to wait to the news and get the information and, and, and it's sad, but see, they don't understand some stuff that you do as a parent. Do you know every morning, you know what I do after I pray? I go on the Hamilton County inmate search <laughs> and make sure they ain't got, well, I say two of mine. The one, all right, but the other two, I got to check. After I done prayed, so I, I pray first. Okay, since I done prayed, maybe God ain't going to have them on there. I pray first, <laughs> then I look on there and see. But see, they don't think you're doing nothing. They think that, you know, everything they do, you ain't paying no attention to it. What they do don't, don't affect nobody but them. But that is my daily routine because this is the way I know that they doing. So I got to get, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to get them. So I really don't know what I'm checking for. I'm just checking so I can tell their baby mama, wife, friends, where they at. Because I'm not going to get none of them. I done told them I ain't coming to get nobody else no more. I was out and been down there, you know, been down there, you know, three or four times. That's it. That's it. So if you go down there, that must be. But still, you know, you check just to see, to make sure that, you know, that they done made it in. And then whenever you are doing any preaching and you want to tie stuff in, to know that God is the same today and yesterday, you go find something New Testament that's similar to something that happened in the Old Testament. And for all them people that try to tell you this ain't nothing but a, you know, fable, this ain't nothing but some made-up stuff, then you mess around there and look. After you done seen what happened with Abraham and his baby, you sit up there and look in Luke, and you find out that Zacharias, he wouldn't pray because his wife Elizabeth hadn't had no kids. And then God stepped in and here another couple of old people that was way beyond baby-making age. They done had a baby. And then it say when Mary showed up, which was Elizabeth's cousin, say that the baby leaped for joy in her womb. And then if you want to find out how he's going to pull off this you being young and now giving you strength that you used to didn't have now that you're old, when you go to 1 Corinthians, you find out that he lets us know that 
he's going to be able to do that because of who he is. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning with verse 51, you'll find these words. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now tell me that's not renewing your strength. That's saying when we leave here, no matter what kind of bodies we have here, no matter how broke down they are, no matter how many aches and pains we got, in the end, he's going to do a great thing for us because he's going to give us a brand new body, a brand new body that doesn't have any aches and pains. It's not going to have all these ailments that we're taking medicine for. But he is going to do this because of who he is. But just like Abraham, everything that happened to Abraham, it was because of his faith. Hebrews 6 and 11 goes all the way to the New Testament. Again, we find that all this takes place because of faith. It said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then finally, the new, the real new change that he's going to make that we don't know nothing about. It's going to make all of the terrible things that's going on in this world seem like nothing. Because he closed out his word with some encouraging words for the believer. In Revelation 21 and 1. And I saw. A new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven. And the first earth. Were passed away. And there was. No more sea. That's letting me know that. No matter what we go through. He already has it worked out for us. And what you have to do is you have to have your own testimony. When you look at some of our members and see all that they've been through and you still see them shouting like they have never had a sick day in their life. If you want to hear something that sounds the same on Sunday or whenever she has to give a, uh, remarks at a program, come to prayer meeting and hear Sister Carter pray. Might not be number four or five people there, but she's going to pray the same enthusiastic, same full of power, same full of vigor prayer that she prays like it's a whole house full of people because she knows he kept me. 
she don't have to testify to what he done for nobody else. She only can testify for what he has done for her. So that's why we can look and see that it is a whole church full of people that ought to triumphantly be able to stand up and say, he kept me. I don't know what he kept you from. It ain't none of my business. But you know that he kept you. You know that he kept you. You know that everything ain't always went the way you wanted it to go. But when you look back, you see, and you can stand up proudly and say, he kept me. You might have failed. Not one time, not two times. I don't know how many of y'all is it. How many of y'all Christians don't think y'all done used up that 70 times, seven times that he said you're supposed to get forgiven? In spite of all that, he still has kept me. Don't worry about your neighbor. If your neighbor don't never get up and shout, shout about he has kept me. Nobody else, me. All these people in the world, he decided to take time and keep me. Not always good me, not always right me, not always up me, but he done kept me. Some of you have been through some things that would have destroyed the average person. You're not crazy. The reason you're here because you ought to be able to stand up and triumphantly say, he kept me. When you look back on where he bought you from, what you've been through, thank God that none of you look like what you've been through. It don't make no difference. We look at that, we listen to that song, and sometimes, you know, we just, we just listen to the words, but if you take time and look up the song on and play it on YouTube, he starts out talking about he was ready to take his life. Now, here, Kirk Carr, we think he got everything. Then on another YouTube video, he has Natalie Cole over there. Here we is, famous person's daughter. She on the talking about, she almost killed herself because of life, but she didn't, and you can look and say, he has kept me, no matter what we have. So I, I want you to, if you don't get nothing else this morning, don't think that trouble won't find you. We can come in here all dressed up and cleaned up and everything with all our eyelashes in the right spot, our lipstick where it's supposed to be, our hair real and fake, all in the right place, been dyed so many times, we done forgot what color our real hair is. You can have on your matching Victoria's Secret lingerie. You can be wearing your silk boxes and your silk socks, but trouble will find you. And the only reason that you have not lost your mind is because he kept me. If you're here this morning, I just want somebody to give him some praise because he has kept me.
If he kept you while you was in it, wave your hand. If he kept you through it, wave your hand. So now the rest of the people, if you ain't waving your hand, it's because he kept you from it. So you ought to wave your hand too. He has kept me. That ought to be your testimony during this Christmas season. Uh, somebody made a statement about if you ain't got nothing up under the tree, Deacon Lowe. He kept me. Somebody not even going to see Christmas. But you can stand up and say, he kept me. Don't act like he ain't never done nothing for you because if you're here today, you have to say, he kept me so that I am here on this day in 2016. Now, some of us want to act like we've been all right. Some of us want to act like we ain't never had no problems. But for the ones in here that God done took you from welfare to well off, say amen. Say, he kept me. He kept me. You might have lost some jobs. Them people thought that was the end of you. You found another job, a better job. Tell somebody this morning, he kept me. You might have been hurt in your life. You might have lost some loved ones. You might have lost some friends. Some people might have walked away from you. But you ought to be able to stand up today and say, he kept me. It's a good thing if you're going to be kept by somebody. I don't know a better person than if you're out here today. You never have accepted him. Contrary to what you believe, your testimony is he kept me because he's patiently waiting, giving you a chance to meet him before it's everlasting too late. So everybody in the house ought to say this morning, and mean it and say it with zeal and with enthusiasm and with praise from on high. He kept me. He kept me. He kept me. I'm so glad that he kept me. It wasn't my mother. It wasn't my father. It wasn't my job. It wasn't no doctor. It wasn't no luck. It was nobody. But Jesus, he kept me. And I'm glad about it today. So all week long, when Satan tries to come your way, when he tries to discourage you, get you all upset because you couldn't buy no $1,000 worth of toys for them bad kids, or your husband don't give you that gift that you want, or you don't get nothing on Christmas, if you wake up on Christmas morning, you got activity of your limbs, blood still running warm in your vein, get up on Christmas and say, he kept me. If you're out there and uh, you've been wondering why everything you did that you th thought should have destroyed you didn't destroy you, it's because he kept you because he was giving you another opportunity. So if there's anyone in the house that don't know him, we invite you to come meet our keeper. The choir sings a song. They say he's a keeper. Oh, yes, he is. 